Hello, folks. Welcome to Courtside Wellness. I'm your host, Brandon St. Croix, former athlete and current social worker. On today's episode, we will be joined by Natalie Graves, sports social worker and expert in mental health and sport community in Chicago, Illinois. Also, happy National Social Work Day for all social workers out there. On today's episode, we will talk about her experience as a sports social worker, her journey over the past decade, and what this looks like in terms of numerous projects she's been involved in, such as the One in Four Project, her own private practice, and her soon-to-be-coming book. So thank you, and enjoy. And folks, we're back with Natalie Graves, sports social worker and expert in the mental health and sport in Chicago, Illinois. So Natalie, thanks for joining us. Brandon, it is such a pleasure to join you today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you again. I remember back in 2012 reaching out to you, and we talked for a fair bit back then around the idea of sport and social work. I was in the middle of my BSW back then. And again, thank you for opening my eyes to this whole community. Man, it was it was such a pleasure. I, I, I'm always pleased to remember the first time you reached out and how we connected and, and things that we did together. So it's, it's great to see what you're doing now, and I'm glad we're, we're still doing the work. So that's good. And that's the thing. Over the past decade, a lot of things have changed and adapted and grown. And again, there's a lot of names that's come out when you look at sports social work. You know, there's lots of names that come through. And again, you've been a big advocate for this work for a long time. So walk us through for people who don't know, how did you get into the concept of sports social work? Yeah, you know, that's that's always the question. Like how do you how did you put social work and and sports together and and you know, my story I guess is a little unique. Um, you know, I'm born and raised in Chicago. Um, Chicago is a big sports town as um as it was when I was growing up and it still is today. And um growing up in Chicago, um sports was a part of my family and and it wasn't necessarily we playing sports it was we were just fans we watched um and and my dad taught me the game of football and the game of basketball and so when when you know the bulls or the chicago bears were playing as a family all of us together my my parents my my younger brother myself we watched and and so it was always community to me. It was always family. This is what we do as a family. And we cheered, you know. So I became a real fanatic about sports. And so that was the beginning of, you know, my love of 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 sports is just doing something with my family. And then I was also a person at a very young age where where people like to talk to me or they, they trusted me or, or, you know, would seek out my counsel at a very young age. And, um, and I enjoyed that. So, so my two loves very early on were sports and helping people. And, and you, you know, you fast forward to my, my college career, um, as a student, my fan, I changed and, it was not just enjoying the sport. It was really starting to analyze the actual athlete, right? And so so where before I was just kind of like happy to watch the Bears, then it became, you know, I remember very clearly one of them, um, I can't think of his name now, but one of the players 
um, had some major issues off, off the court, off the field. And, and, and I remember my first question to myself was, this guy makes all this money. Like, why, why is he having problems? You know, what, what is the deal? And as I continued to uh, progress in my education, the, the, that question changed. And then the question became, where, where's the support for athletes? And um, that very question really kind of drew me and drove me to what I'm doing today. And I became the answer to the question that I was asking, where are the supports, right? And so um, I, I've done a lot of things in social work, um, different, different um, positions and different areas. Um, I, I was in nonprofit. I did uh, uh, school social work. Um, I was a director. I was a supervisor in social service, but nothing really captured my passion like working with athletes. And so going back to that question of where's the support for athletes, I became that, you know, in a way by building a practice of specializing in working with athletes. And so with my practice, you know, I um, focus on the mental health of an athlete and the performance of an athlete. And so as social workers, you know, we're holistic by nature, by training. And that didn't change with my idea for my practice and working with athletes. So where, you know, the, the, the sports psychologist is focusing on performance. I do that also, but as a sports social worker, I'm looking at economics. I'm looking at culture, race, gender, all these other things that makes an individual athlete and um, and so I like to describe it as my clients are getting um, treatment for themselves, whatever that looks like as an athlete and them outside of their sport as an individual. And I think that is that's enriched the um, the process. And, and I, I hope I like to believe I've done good work with the athletes that come my way. And that's the thing when you entered you know, to answer his question, you know, where's the support? There was very little support. You know, there was a lot around performance, but in terms of the, you know, the person in the environment, taking care of the other aspects of who the person is outside of being an athlete, of being a son or a daughter or a friend or a cousin or a neighbor. You looked at all those different aspects of who a person was and grew that. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, I, I even created my own um, assessment tool um, in my intake practice where um, I'm focusing on all aspects of the athlete. And, and I think that's important to get the big picture. So, you know, like like for, for folks in the, in the field, you know, we know what a needs assessment is, right? And so we have to, I believe, do an in-depth assessment of of the athlete to really get down to the nitty-gritty of what is the presenting problem and sometimes the presenting problem is just the tip of the of the um issue you know some many athletes come to see me um around and performance anxiety and and we're happy to you know do that work but as i get in there and we go deeper there are other things that are going on and that's totally fine and i feel my role is to deal with it all and in terms of when you started to do this work 
we'll just say there was a lot of barriers or a lot of confusion around, okay, social worker, what does that mean in the sport community? That's a great question. You know, when I first started, Brandon, you know, I had to do a lot of convincing of the need that was there. Um, I, I remember being told by by one um, coach, you know, I don't need you going around my athletes, having them talk bad about me. Total mis- misunderstanding of what my role was in working with athletes. I remember trying to convince, you know, programs and coaches that if you have healthy, mentally healthy athletes, you have stronger athletes. It will help you to perform better. That helps you in your job. I, I really, you know, had to have, I did have a lot of barriers. I think also being a woman who's Black, you know, th- that's not something you see every day in, in the sports space, right? And so, but I was very, very determined. And I had a belief that I know I'm right about this. I know that there's a need. I know there's a demand. And from what I could see at that time, there weren't people doing this. I could not find anyone who, who was doing what I thought needed to happen. And so I think those were big obstacles. And Brandon, you know, the biggest obstacle, and we're doing better with it, but it's still there, is stigma, right? You know, the taboo. We're, we're doing, we're way ahead of when I first started some years ago, you know, because now uh, elite athletes are speaking out, talking about, you know, their mental health challenges, their diagnosis, you know, things like that. But if we just, you know, step back for a second and understand the culture of sport, it's still a bit of a challenge to admit that you need help, you know? And so I'm always, always trying to normalize what athletes are going through and normalize them getting treatment, getting help. I always say we should treat mental health just like physical health. If you tear your ACL, you get treated. If you have depression or anxiety, get treated. It's nothing different. We're talking about medical conditions. So that has gotten better. You know, now, Brandon, schools and coaches and programs are calling me. I don't. I no longer have to convince. And so that that's I'm thrilled to see that. But we still we still have a lot of work to do, though. What would you say was the moment where things started to shift? And like I said, I agree. There's still a lot of work needs to be done. But when was the moment where you were like, "Okay, you know what? I'm starting to see the shift. I'm starting to see the change. I I know when it was for me right away uh, when Brandon Marshall um, began to be very public about his struggles. Um, for those who don't know, Brandon Marshall uh, was a former Chicago Bear, uh, beloved, um, but he was diagnosed with, um, I think it's bipolar, if I'm not mistaken. And he was one of the first, I think, I think the first, I know definitely one of the first to actually be public about his diagnosis and the challenges. And um, I, when that happened, I really felt, okay, something is changing, you know, and, and it only takes one public elite athlete to say something. And then what happens, it gets normalized. And so, you know, that for me was the moment This was, you know, Chicago, as I said earlier, is a big sports city, you know, big media. And so the, 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 um, all eyes were on him and, um, and he has, he's had challenges in the past. And so for him to be so open 
that I'll never forget that, you know, that's why I could answer that question so quickly, because for me, I was like, this is different. This has never really happened before. And that's the thing when athletes, like you said, are open to speaking about it. Other athletes feel, hey, if he or she can talk about it, I can too. Right, right. And and now, you know, in the last, what, year, year and a half, you know, we've had Naomi Osaka, you know, tennis player, Simone Biles, Olympic gymnast, you know, um, before those those courageous athletes, you know, Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer, he spoke about, you know, his challenges, you know, and so it's becoming now when we have those folks speaking out, we normalize it. And, and Brandon, you know, you've heard me say this so many times, and this is the, um, the name of, of the organization that you helped, um, um, helped me develop the one in four project, you know, one in four, uh, persons in any given year can suffer from, um, a mental illness, you know, and, and now it might be one in five. Sometimes, you know, the stats will say one in five, sometimes the stats will say one in four, but when we created the one in four project, it was, it was one in four people. And so when I speak, I off, I always use that stat and I, and I count one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four in the crowd just to show how common it is, you know, so we shouldn't treat this as a taboo sub subject. We shouldn't have stigma around it because it's so common, you know, and so I'm all about the business of normalizing, talking about mental health, mental illness, wellness, you know, and if we can talk about it openly, we can get treated openly. So that's kind of always been um my belief system and i'm still passionate about it to this day no i'm glad you brought that up because again it goes back to also what courtside wellness is all about around bringing awareness of mental health and sport community providing a voice and promoting social change yeah and i think yes. again talking about it that's a big component of all that yeah you're right you know and i'm that's a great point too the social justice piece you know i would say in the past three years, I'm having more and more conversations in my individual sessions around social justice and the athletes are bringing it up. They're trying to navigate, you know, on their campuses, in their communities, sometimes on their teams, how do they handle situations that was not happening five, seven, 10 years ago, you know? And so that's, that's a big change that I have seen in my, you know, in the personal practice with individual athletes, you know, on a micro level. So, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of their journey in that as well. You know, it's not, it's not always just about the mental health or, or the performance, you know, it's these other things that affect athletes in, in their, in their communities every day. And so we've got to deal with that as well. I feel like that's my role too. And in terms of your role, you've had numerous roles in terms of you know, organizations, your private practice, working with schools. You know, you, we had Bill Vanderbilt on a couple of weeks ago, University of Michigan. You've done a lot of work with them over the years as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I um I love Bill, um, and I love the University of Michigan. Um, you know, I I I I'm smiling. People can't see it, but you know, they really got me. Um, uh, my first contact with, um, Michigan's, uh, social work department and they were having an event and, um, I drove to the event and, um, and I, and I was just so embraced by, by their community. 
And I always felt that Michigan was very cutting edge about the understanding of social work and sport and the role of a social worker within the sport community on a campus, D1 campus, a big program like, like Michigan has. And so, you know, it, it's, it's a very special thing I have with Michigan. They have adopted me. Uh, and I've, sep- I've I've happily accepted, you know, I, I was one who was in the audience listening to events that I was attending to being the speaker and actually teaching a course, you know, so, you know, I really kind of came full circle uh, with the university. Um, you know, my, one of my biggest influencers is, is Greg Harding, who, who was with the athletic department for many, many, many years, who is a social worker himself. And, um, he served, um, to be very influential, very, very, uh, he was an influence in my life, uh, professionally as, as it relates to working with athletes. Um, and he took the time to really, really share his knowledge with me and really help me to grow. Um, so Michigan has always um, been been very special, and they continue to do good work, and it's it's great to see. And 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 also Bill, you know, Bill, Bill has is is another one who really had always have supported and encouraged me with um, everything that I um, was trying to do or wanted to do. Um, he just was a great support, and I never will forget that. And he spoke about in, in his podcast about the work you know you've done in terms of being a oh, big wow. speaker uh, on the topic of sports social work, mental health, and sport community. And it was great to hear, like I said, you know that collaboration that you guys have had over the years. Yeah. And in terms of how that's grown, you know, the ripple effects of other sports social workers and other associations, other groups. Like I said, the one of four when we started that, and yeah. how that's grown. And walk us through how you know that started and where that's gone over the years. So, so, um, so the one in four project, man, Brandon, I don't even know when we started is. <laughs> I don't even know what was the year, but it it started it started as a concept. It actually started as an email. You know, it it started as, um, um, it, how it began really was people would kind of reach out to me and say, you know, how did you get started? You know, I'm interested in wanting to do this just like you're doing it. And so I started with kind of just an email uh, and, and a group. And then that turned into a Facebook group. And then I, you know, I started to realize, you know, there is a community out here. I didn't I didn't see it. but I, And I didn't realize I was creating a community. That's what I didn't even realize. That's what I was doing. And so from the Facebook group, you know, you probably will remember I posted like I would like to have an event and who would be interested. And little did I know, you know, this young man from from Canada would would want to join in along with, you know, some other folks. And we, we did our first um, our first event really kind of educating people about sports social work and, and the need and, and what athletes need. And from there. We did annual events, and um, and then unfortunately with the uh, pandemic, we we put a hold, we put a halt on that. But in that process um, of developing the organization, just to have um, events to really educate and network, you know, I have been really fortunate to be able to mentor people who um, want to do something in 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 a sports in social work. 
Um, and so that's been really um, wonderful for me to be able to network, to be able to educate. So, so that's very, very special. And I think when the pandemic happened, my desire to still educate and still inform, um, I created a webinar series. And, and I think that that kind of, I won't say replace the one in four, but it kind of, because of the pandemic, I could do it at home. You know, I can invite people virtually. And so the, the webinar series really served as, um, uh, I, how could I say it? Ser- it served as information for clinicians who want to work with athletes. And so I would pick topics that I would speak about that I thought, you know, people who were trying to learn how to get into the field or I, or topics that I thought were very important for clinicians to know about that I talk about, you know, one that was really important to me was to talk about race and sports and the challenges um, there, you know, but, but we've had, um, we've interviewed people, brought people in. And um, I think I'll probably in the next few months, probably do a masterclass um, because a lot of people, they want to work with athletes, but don't exactly, once they get the athlete, now what, what do you do? Well, there is a formula that I, I have been doing and following since, since um, I started. And I, I think I want to share that with clinicians. So that's something that um, I'll probably do in the next few months. Um, I think it'll be helpful for people. And where can people find the information and updates coming up, you know, in terms of the masterclass, in terms of webinars, if they wanted to find out more? Yeah, so they can contact, um, uh, they can contact me at admin at nataliegraves.com. I'm also on um, social media. I'm on IG and Twitter. Um, you'll find me there. My first and last name, Natalie Graves. And I think on IG is Athletic Counselor. And on Twitter, it's Natalie Graves underscore one. Um, I may have, I think that's right. I may have said it wrong, but you'll find me on there. Uh, just type my first and last name, but yeah, those are the, those are the things. And you know, it's Brandon, it's like, I'm so busy these days. I don't have a lot of time for social media. You know, I used to do like live talks, you know, Facebook live and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the work just demands demand that I, I have to put my time and hours in other places, but I am, I do have a presence and I'm, I am accessible. So if you want to reach out, you know, feel free to e- email me there. Um, but, and those are the ways to get in touch with me for sure. And we'll tag all, like I said, you know, your website, your social media, everything onto the uh, platform as well. So people can find, you know, any updates that are coming up there in terms of master classes, you know, they can find out updates there as well. So viewers can kind of check out our social media and we'll have your information tagged on that as well. Great. Great. In terms of you know doing this work, what would you say inspires you to keep going forward? What inspires me, you know, what really inspires me. This never ever gets old. Is when I work with with a client, an athlete who um, isn't necessarily um, a believer in counseling or therapy, and they have the aha moment, and you see it where you know the dots are connected for them. That's a great moment. Uh, another another inspiration is when um, an athlete has come to me and he or she is struggling with, with performance, performance anxiety, which I get a lot of calls about that. 
um, when after sessions and we've done work and then they go and, and have to compete or perform or play or whatever, and they're able to overcome the very thing that they came to see me about, that is that never gets old for me. When I get the text and they say, you know, I, I did it. You know, I was able to do it. You know, I, I totally love that. It makes me, it may, it gives me purpose. You know, it gives me my reason of why I do the work that I do. And another thing that inspires me is the athlete who has never um, ever considered working with a therapist um, and they decide not for the performance side, but just things that are going on within themselves that they want to work on and they allow themselves to be vulnerable with me. That really gives me purpose. And I feel like, you know, this is an opportunity where this person may never have considered seeing a therapist, but because I just happen to have a contract at their university, for an example, and they they came to see me and now they see the world of therapy in a totally different way and they buy into it and see the value of it. That's a big inspiration as well. And it's great to see those moments, like I said, and those are things that kind of propel us forward, not only as clinicians to move forward, but also to see society move forward and yes. see those little changes that build up and promote, you know, big social change. Yes, yes. And, and you know, it, it's good to see it, you know, but I'm a person when it comes, when we're talking about that society, you know, I'm never satisfied. I think we can always do better. I think we still have a long way to go, but there is no question shift and things are changing. And that's really good for me to see. I know you talked about earlier in terms of, you know, how we view it. What would you say is one of the biggest improvements you've seen in the sports community in your time as a sports social worker? Oh, for sure. You know, having a mental health professional on professional teams um, would be my first um, answer to that question. That is really, really important um, to see organizations actually looking for mental health professionals who specialize in working with athletes, looking for sports social workers. That's a big, big deal. That's a big change. Um, having athletic directors, coaches trying to bring in um, mental health professionals to their individual teams um, to help them um, in a lot of different ways. That just was not happening. So programs, um, professional, college, high school as well, are really starting to recognize the needs of their athletes. And they're identifying they don't have anyone on staff. And so what I am seeing, they're reaching out more. Um, you know, I, I've done um, a talking series uh, with the high school that, that the coach requested. You know, one was for the coaches and the other one was, was for the athletes. So that kind of thing is a major change. And, and it's a welcome one because we have to treat the whole athlete, not just the performer, not just the competitor, but the whole athlete. And so I think the sports community is now catching on, Brandon, to what we've been talking about for so many years. It's becoming a mainstream thing now, which is which is what it should be. And like I said, those are the changes that was necessary. And again, it's great to see. But I agree with you. Things are still have to change moving forward as well. And what would you say is one of the things you like to see or one of the gaps that are still present that you like to see change? Yeah, I would like the um, 
I would like the stigma to be removed. You know, um, I, I, I use this example of, um, what, how we think about mental illness, right? Um, I would love to see that we just think about physical and mental illness as just an illness. Um, I also would like to see, um, how do I say, you know, there's a perception of when someone is struggling, um, with an issue, whether it's, uh, anxiety or, or depression that you're weak mentally. And I'm here to say you can be mentally tough and have a mental illness. The two can exist at the same time. We never hear that though. You can be mentally tough as a competitor and still struggle with depression. And so, you know, I want to see real recognition of what mental health is, what mental illness is, what wellness is. And we're treating these medical conditions just like physical ones. That 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 we still have to do. We still got to get better in that. Um, so I, I really am, am very passionate about, you know, having these open conversations. You know, this is this is another reason, you know, for me to happily accept the invitation with you, Brandon. It gives gives us an opportunity to speak really loudly about what is really going on with sports and, and health, mental health. And it's so true. And especially at that point, you can be mentally tough and still battle on your mental illness. Again, so look at some of the names we talked about today. Brandon Marshall. Yes. Simone Biles. Michael Phelps. Naomi Okasaka. The list can go on. You know, we can talk about Kevin Love. We can talk yes. about Claire Hughes as Cyclos in Canada. You know, on right. and on, all these athletes who got to the top of their career need that mental toughness and still battled and is battling well their mental exactly. illness. Exactly. I mean, one could argue they're even more, you know, of an achiever to, to be mentally tough while struggling, you know, and, and this is the conversation you never hear about. Like it, it's just concluded. Oh, well, if you're struggling with something mentally, you just must be weak. And that's just not true because when, when you have a sprained ankle, you're not weak. You have a sprained ankle. That's all it is, you know? So yeah, I, I'm, I'm really big on pushing this narrative. Um, of really understanding, but, um, um, I just think that as, as we continue to have these conversations with, you know, like we're having today, um, and we're, we're continue to be open and more athletes are speaking out, we're going to get the change we've been talking about for a long time. Not so, not so, uh, long either. I think it's coming. Yeah. Like I said, you know, the boss is running and runs fast. And I think the biggest thing is, is we need to keep it going. Right, right. So now, for yourself, again, licensed clinical social worker, influencer, educator, mentor, the list can go on. What is next? Well, I guess we could add author to to the titles. Um, I am in the process of finishing my book. I'm very excited about it. Um, I guess a little sneak peek of the book would be um, it's a combination of, of things. It's, it's geared towards athletes and coaches. Um, it's, it's made to follow them through their season. Um, there, there are, are, are great insights in there as far as how to be competitive, 
how to take care of your, your mental wellness while you're in season. Um, there's a reference guide. Um, there'll be a little bit of um, reflection in there. And so I think it's very unique. I'm super excited. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm about 85% done. Uh, I'm hoping to complete it in the next few months and then roll it out in, in the middle, late, late spring or early summer. Um, but it's, it's something the way, what, how it came about, Brandon was really how I work with athletes. You know, what I, what do I want athletes to know? What do I share with them in sessions and what is the work that I do in sessions? And so if you can't see me, you know, you can grab the book. And so that's, that's kind of where we are. Um, and it just kind of birthed out of me from the actual, the very work I do every day. And I think, I think it'll resonate with athletes and coaches. I think it'll be a nice thing that they can have as a reference and a support during their season. I'm excited about it. And that's great. Cause again, it brings back and reinforces that point. You can be mentally tough and still take care of your mental health. Right. Right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So you see, you get it. You get it. So it's coming out clear. Great. <laughs> no, definitely something to keep an eye out for. And when it gets released, definitely let us know. And we'll be talking about it here on the uh, Courtside Wellness as well. All right. I'll hold you to that. Definitely. Awesome. One thing we always end off with is the three rapid questions. So first one we, we go through with individuals is what in your mind makes a well athlete? A well athlete for me is a mentally and physically healthy athlete and healthy is not everything is perfect. It perfect. It's you're functioning at a satisfactory level. So, so if you have um, good sport life balance, if you are taking care of your physical health, if you're taking care of your mental health, are you um, taking care of your relationships and your responsibilities? If you're able to do that at a satisfactory level, to me, that's a well athlete. Great answer for sure. Especially the point of we think, okay, if we're well, we got to be, you know, 100%, 100% time. You know right. what? We can have off days, but that's, exactly. you know, that's part of being human. That's exactly right. What is one word of advice you wish you could give your younger self? One, so a word of advice for my younger self, probably to um, get started sooner. You know, I, I, because I didn't see a clear route it took me a while to create my route and I, and I should have just, as soon as I had the idea, probably go for it sooner, but I, I got here. So, you know, I like, I like the spot I'm at, but that would definitely be the um, advice I would give myself. Like, I remember the moment where I kind of put the concept together. I was in a prep class for my license and I, I had a doodle of putting social work, mental health and sports together. And I was thinking about that while I was in my licensing course. And so once I got my license, I should have followed through, but it took me some years later. But uh, I, I guess I could say it all worked out in the end, though. I was going to say, I think you're doing all right in terms of, like I <laughs> said, you know, you've definitely taken the bull by the horns. Uh, like I said, I'll reference the Chicago Bulls in that uh, reference. And like I said, done great with it. Thank you so much, Brandon. I appreciate that. And what currently brings you peace? So what brings me peace? You know, that's a loaded question in today, Brandon, with, with, with everything that's going on today. Um, but really what brings me peace are the quiet moments, um, moments shared with my husband or with, with, my, with my mom or my nephew, um, you know, 
I can reach a, a nice amount of peace watching the Bulls, you know, uh, win, which I did yesterday. So uh, it's the little moments for me that really bring me peace, um, the quiet moments, appreciating the things that, that I have and, and the people around me. That's That's what really brings me peace. No, great to hear. And again, I really want to appreciate and thank you for coming on Corso Wellness, talking about your experience. And also, I want to thank you again for getting back to me on that email 10 years ago and guiding <laughs> me down this direction. It really appreciate it. Absolutely my pleasure and have me back anytime. Awesome. Like I said, so definitely we'll keep an eye out for, the, for that book. Also, like I said, we'll tag your information how people can kind of find out about the webinars, the master classes, and any more information about you. So again, thank you again. Thanks, Brandon. I so appreciate it. I'm proud of you, man. Folks, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to check out other episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple, Audible, and Podbean. You can also follow us on social media at Wellness Athletic Services on Facebook and Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for the show, feel free to email us at wellnessathleticservices at gmail.com. Thank you and stay well. Mm-hmm.